Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is from St. Luke today, the Gospel, where Jesus, someone asked Jesus, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And Jesus said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Dear friends of Christ, have you ever tried to squeeze through a narrow place? Our text today talks about a narrow door. And if you've ever tried to squeeze through a narrow place, you know how, it e- how difficult it is to get through. And uh, sometimes you get stuck. I had one of our children, and I won't give his name, but he thought it would be an adventure to try to get his head through the, the pedestals of the stairway, uh, the stairway rail. And, and he, he, he managed to get his head through there, but and then when he thought that that was a good deal, it was time to come out, and it wasn't so easy. And uh, he wrestled, and he wrestled, and soon he cried out in despair for help. Well, there will be people crying out who did not make it through the narrow door. They will be crying out in despair, and, and there will be no one to help them. Because in that day, those who are cast out will have been cast out forever. This morning we hear Jesus telling us that heaven is like a narrow door. Not easy to get through. That's an interesting way to talk about salvation, don't you think, that heaven is like a narrow door? I mean, we'd like to think that heaven is, you know, this, yes, come, it's all so easy. And of course it really is, because Jesus is the narrow door, so it's not that difficult to get in, but obviously many people think that they need to get through by their good works. And Jesus says many will try to enter through that narrow door, but they won't be able. So as easy as it is, as easy as it is just to believe in Christ, and so many will not have made the journey. The world thinks that the path to heaven, and just talk to any of your friends that are kind of nominal Christians even, uh, certainly all the, all the unbelievers, they believe that the path to heaven is paved by good intentions, and that as long as I tried to be a pretty good Christian, or as long as I tried just to be a good person, and made an effort, as long as I tried to do what's right most of the time, yeah, we'll get in. That's the attitude of the world. Unfortunately for the masses, that's not what Jesus says. It's through the narrow door. And so our theme, the narrow door. Our text says someone, it doesn't tell us whether it's a man or a woman, just someone asked Jesus a question. I'm going to assume that someone is a man today because I needed to give him a male pronoun. So (laughs) a male or a female pronoun. So Jesus asked this guy a question, and it was a simple question. Lord, Master, Rabbi, you who know the answer, will those who are saved be few? Now, that's not a bad question. It's kind of a question that maybe you've thought about from time to time. How many people are going to be in heaven? How many of us are going to be in heaven within this congregation? Are you going to be in heaven? Are you going to make it? Are you going to be there? It's a question for all time. And you look around the world today and we see, how many people in the world? Half of them? Three-fourths of them? One-seventh? One-fifteenth? One-twentieth? How many people? And we're left to wonder. I wonder how many. Today many churches have 
become houses of entertainment and they're not preaching the, the message of the gospel and the law that brings people to repentance. There are places where it's more like you're going to get spiritual therapy to help all, heal all your ills, all your social ills and all your social wrongs. Many people believe that they sit in pulpits like this and they proclaim to the people a solve uh, for their wounds, uh, uh, a balm of, of oh, self-esteem to build them up. They tell the people what they, what they need to hear and what they want to hear. And they build them up. They tell them that they're okay, that they're good. And, and, and that way they can endure through the difficult trials of life when people are tearing them down. And that's what they see Christianity being. And gone are the days when most churches stood firm in the Word of God. Gone are the days when churches would preach the gospel and preach the law and they tell the people to get on their knees and come to Jesus. Get on your knees and plead for the Lord's mercy that His judgment not fall upon you. Gone are the days when that repentance and forgiveness was, gave way to forgiveness of sins and, and God's grace. And the people understood that they were loved because they didn't deserve to be loved. In some places, the church has wandered so far away from the cross that I mean, they don't have the message of salvation anymore. And it makes the person wonder, will those who have been saved be few? We don't know the answer to that question, and, and, but the person who asked it, the questioner, now maybe he was worried about all the souls that were around him. Because as he was talking, there was a crowd there, and, and he looked around the crowd, and he saw all the people, and, and he said, Lord, well, what about all these people? How many of them are going to get to heaven? So he was kind of concerned about everybody. Maybe he was concerned about his own soul. Maybe he was concerned about, will I make it into heaven? What about me? Is there enough room for me? Or maybe he was wondering, you know, all of us, you and I, are we going to be in heaven or are we going to be in hell? I had somebody at the fair come up to me, a friend, and we got to chit-chatting, and, and of course, I'm a pastor, so we always go to faith. <laughs> and he told me, he said, I don't want to be in hell. He says, I work really, really hard. I work really hard not trying to be in hell. And I told him that it wasn't about trying to work to be in heaven or in hell, but it's through Jesus he kind of understood it, but kind of didn't. And of course, there's all that hubbub and all the rush. And it was last Saturday, so it was not this a week ago Saturday, so it was the busiest day at the fair. And uh, it wasn't an easy place to talk to him about his faith. But he was wondering where he was going to end up. I'm worried about it. Where am I going to end up? He wants to end out in the right place. Most of our friends and our family members want to end out in the right place. And maybe this guy was wondering, the person who asked the question, I wonder if heaven has room for me. Do I measure up? Will, I'll be, will I be there? Will, will I have a seat at the banqueting table? Or should I be concerned about all that? Lord, will those who are saved be few? 
Maybe the question was motivated by a guy who had pride. And he was confident. Maybe he was confident that he was going to be in heaven. And his attitude was a little different. Like, hey, Jesus, I know I'm in. I know I haven't made. I've done a lot in this life. I've got it all made. I've been going to church my whole life. But look at all those other people. Look at those prostitutes and those tax collectors and and those sinners and those Gentiles. Are they going to get in? Surely you're not going to let people like that in. You're not going to let people like that in. Heaven's not that open for people like that, is it? We need to see the danger of that kind of attitude, too, because we all know what it's like to come to church, to to sit in the pew, to be a good Christian. And to pat ourselves on the back and say, you know, I, I do so much for the Lord. And that feeling of dangerous pride. And we begin to think, God, I thank you that I'm not like all the other all the other sinners out there. God, I thank you that I, I at least have the common decency and the common sense to come to church on Sunday and worship you. I thank you, God, I'm not like those people because those people, they don't realize how sinful they are. I thank God that I do. I thank God that I belong to a conservative church that holds the Word of God. I thank God that I have a conservative pastor. And I'm not like all those other anything-go types of churches. And while all that may be true, we need to watch out, right? We must never treat church like a political party. A political party is where all like-minded people get together and they say that the people on the other political party are stupid. And that's what they do. They get together and they talk about how foolish they are. Why? Why, people, why are people on the other party so foolish? It's because they don't, they don't see things my way. And so the question is still relevant, though. How many are going to be in heaven? Will those who are saved be few? And it's a question of genuine concern. The, the person who was asking was wondering, what about all the people who one day find themselves standing outside the gates of heaven? They find themselves standing in the flames of hell. What about those people? What about all the, How many are going to have to be gnash, weeping and gnashing their teeth for all eternity? How many? Are you concerned about all that? Are you concerned about your friends? Are you concerned about your co-workers and people in our community? Maybe the people in our own congregation. Worried about their destination, their final destination, their eternal destination? Or maybe, you're, maybe that kind of thing doesn't bother you at all. You really don't worry about it. Uh, and the sin of apathy and indifference has kind of started to fill your heart because we get to a point where we're kind of jaded. The world's so wicked, and if people want to make their decisions and just go in their own way, fine, let them, let them go their own way. They're going to make their own decisions. It's not my fault, and it's easy to fall into that too. However, I bet you're not indifferent to your own soul. I bet you're not indifferent to your faith. I bet you're not indifferent to the gospel, that your soul is saved that you're a child through the waters of holy baptism, that you've been made holy by the blood of Christ, that I bet you're not indifferent to the fact that 
you know Jesus and you can call him your friend. But for those outside the kingdom, those who will be eternally shut out, those weeping and gnashing their teeth, how much concern do we who are saved have for them? Let me give you a modern parable. It's a story about a good little church. And this was a really good church. It was, it was a church filled with all kinds of really loving and, and kind people. There was always something going on. There was fun activities. There were, there were uh, uh, service projects for them to do. Lovely church. The gospel was preached. The people cared for one another. They, they were there to support one another. But in the back of this church, well, there was a little wooden box in the, in the narthex. The box was covered in dust and remnants of cobwebs. But engraved on the lid of the box in bold letters for all to read were the words, Mission Offerings. You see, this good little church had grown complacent. This good little church had lost their mission. And they'd forgotten what they were all about. They had forgotten why God put that church in that community they had forgotten their purpose, and they become spiritually selfish. They weren't concerned about salvation of other people. It would never cross their mind to ask, as the individual in our text asked Jesus, Lord, will those who are saved be few? Jesus gives an answer to that question, and he says, you need to strive, and the word there is strong. In, in Matthew, he uses the word seek. Here he says, strive after. Strive, struggle to enter through the narrow door. Because many, I tell you, Jesus says, will enter, seek to enter, but will not be able. There's an urgency to the gospel. Strive, go, today, seek. Today is the day of your salvation. The way of the kingdom of God is incredibly narrow. I want you to think about the entrance into heaven like a brick wall. You just got a huge, gigantic brick wall. There are no windows. There's no way in. No way over the top or digging under. Just a brick wall. And then there's one narrow, tiny door in that brick wall. Listen, forget what you hear out there. From the pop, pop culture out there that says, we all worship the same God, we're all going to end out in the same place. No. The only way to heaven is through that thin, narrow, cross-shaped door. A solid wall. Solid brick keeps others from getting in. A wall that says, if you want to get in another way, you have to be perfect. You want to get in another way, you have to keep every single commandment of God. You can't sin in thought, word, or deed. You can have no missteps in your life. You must be a perfect person. And it doesn't matter how hard you hurl yourself into that brick wall. 
how many times you throw yourself at that brick wall, you're not going to make it through on your own. There's only one way through the brick wall, the, that brick wall of the law, of all of God's rules. There's only one entrance into heaven, and Jesus says He's the way. The one who gave His perfect life so that by His perfect life, His perfect life could be given to you. The one who shed His blood so that you might be made righteous. He's your Savior, and if you don't have Him, you can't be saved. The world doesn't seem to understand that. Jesus is the narrow door that leads to eternal life. Believe in Him and you'll be saved. He's the door. No wider than the distance from one nail-pierced hand to the other. This is what makes Christianity so different from all the other religions in the world because all the other religions in the world say that you can beat your head against that brick wall and eventually you'll knock it down. You just keep trying, keep trying, keep working, and you can get yourself to heaven. Keep praying. But you don't work your way in. You don't pray your way in. You simply trust that Jesus Christ is your Savior, that He suffered and died for you, and He's made you holy. He's made you right through the blood of Christ. You can't walk through the brick wall based on what you've done, but you can enter through the narrow way, the narrow door, based on what Jesus has done for you. Yeah, it's that simple. And yet so many people won't make it. But you will because God's grace has grabbed you grabbed you by the foot and drug you through the door. And He drags you to heaven by His love, by His grace. Jesus said to them, Strive to enter through that narrow door. For I tell you, many will seek to enter and will not be able. This is an exclusive way. Jesus proclaimed, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to the Father. No one even gets to heaven except through me. I'm the only way. His death and resurrection, that's what leads to eternal life. And, and there's no other way. All other paths, no matter how pious, all other paths, no matter how holy they may seem to you, how right they may seem to you, no matter how religious, they all run headlong into that brick wall and there's no entrance. But hear this. Listen. Through Jesus, through faith in Jesus, your, your sacred, sacred substitute, your holy substitute, you can be certain, absolutely sure, that you'll be in heaven. He's the narrow door. And you can be joyfully confident that your sins are forgiven. That you can come to His body and blood today and you've made it through the door. You can say, the door is so narrow, am I going to be there? Yes! Come, drink. Come, take my body, take my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. I am the narrow way. And so we enter joyfully because God has made you His child. And you rejoice because no one can snatch you out of His nail-scarred hands. 
The door to eternal life is indeed narrow. Jesus makes that clear. However, it's just wide enough to let us in. For those who trust in Christ for their salvation to be saved, He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's what He does. No, all people will not be saved. All people refuse to come to Christ. Not all people come to Christ. Although that is what God desires. God desires that everybody would come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved. He greatly desires that everybody would call upon Him and be saved. But know this, even though they won't, there is room for more. There is room for more in heaven. And that's why our mission support is so vitally important. That's why our mission work, reaching out to our community, is so vitally important. That's why it's so vitally important that you talk about your faith to your family. And I know when you do it, it's like beating your head against a brick wall because in our generation today, nobody's listening. In our generation today, nobody wants to, nobody wants to care. Well, they care about where their soul is going, but they don't want to open up God's Word. They don't want to study. They don't want to learn. They don't want to take the time. It's easy to grow apathetic. But the Lord has chosen you. He's called you for the purpose. Lord, will those who are saved be few? Tough question. We don't know how many people will be in heaven. There's bound to be a bunch. But by far more in hell. Because Jesus warns the door is narrow and many will seek to enter and not be able but jesus is the door he's the way and he says people will come from the east and west north and south and they will be able to enter through that narrow door so it's not impossible people will come and they will recline at the table in the kingdom of god and behold those who are some of those who are last will be first and some of those who are first will be last but whether you're first or last you will have made it through the door and salvation will be yours amen And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.